Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Tonight, I want to debate a little bit with you. And what I want to debate is the difference between running literature circles in your classroom or literature centers. So think right now, are you team literature circles or are you team literature centers? And I do think that these are two distinct processes in which you can use to run your literacy program. Now, they're both valid, and I do certainly have a preference, and I will share that with you at the end, but I wanted to go through both the pros and cons of both types of methods of teaching reading in your classroom. So if you are new to the show, my name is Patty, and I am a junior grade teacher here in Ontario, Canada, and every Monday night, we have a new Teaching with Madly Learning video, and it is my hope that through these videos, we can make teaching and learning in the junior grades easy, fun, and perhaps even stress-free for both you and your students. So thank you so much for joining us. So again, I have used in my classroom over my career both literature circles and literature centers, and both of them have a valid place in the classroom. And I want to go through both of them and really help to weigh out the pros and cons of what you're going to use in the classroom, and then I'm going to share with you which one I feel is better for my style of teaching. So first, let's look at literature centers. Now, literature centers are where you have your students reading chapter books. So you have assigned groups of students to read one chapter book for each group, perhaps. Sometimes you might give your students a choice in which one of these chapter books they're going to read, and there's many different ways that you can do that. But these choices are often limited because you just don't have access to class sets or even small group sets of the same novel. So you do have some limitations there for your literature circle because you might not have books that are particularly of interest to a lot of your students. The other pro for literature circles is obviously that it gets your kids talking accountable talk. One of the big purposes of literature circles is getting your students to talk with other students about what it is they're reading. And in a literature circle, you are going to have different roles and you're going to teach them how to have a conversation. And the conversations and the activities that they have are going to be based on their role. So some of the different roles that you might have in your literature circles can include things like the summarizer, the person who summarizes the text that was assigned to be read during that point. You might also have a questioner because you do want a questioner to be prompting the group to dig a little bit deeper and asking more questions. You might have somebody who's in charge of making connections or even inferences to help relate the book to other things in their own personal life to the lives of other students within the group and also to other books and novels that you may have read. You might have an illustrator. Now, this role will visualize what it is that they are reading and help to illustrate that for the group and really put a concreteness to what it is that they're reading. And you might even have something that will track the plot along the way. So I've seen 
you can call it a travel tracer perhaps, where you are allowing that person, they're essentially tracking the plot as it develops and unfolds over the journey of reading the novel, because you don't want to simply just talk about the section that you happen to be reading in isolation, but you do want to kind of follow that plot and see how that plot is being developed as your students are working through it. You also will want to focus on key vocabulary. So one of your roles may be for students to focus on specific and important vocabulary that's happening throughout the literature circles. And finally, you also will want to have somebody that can do some analyzing or interpretation and have them really look at some of the themes and main ideas and underlying issues that might be happening. And really that person can kind of like the puzzle piece can put some things together and some evaluation and analysis of what's happening in the story so far. Additionally, another type of role that you can also have is researcher. For some books, there might be concepts that are going to come up if it's historical or it's set in a setting that may be unfamiliar. Somebody who can do additional research and look up the kinds of words or concepts, settings, locations, events that might happen within the text that they were reading, that would be a role that they would do. All of these roles really lend themselves very well to looking at how students can be thinking and give them a variety of purposes to think and analyze the text that they're reading. And perfectly, a lot of these jobs do align with different curriculum expectations. As students cycle through these different roles as they're reading, they get an opportunity to practice different comprehension skills and really you get to gather and take that evidence as a teacher and show how they are able to use some of those different skills as students when they are reading a larger chapter book. So there's a lot of valuable activities that can be done here. And because these are being done in the concept of a group and everyone's contributing in theory, everyone's contributing equally and sharing that knowledge, then the literature circle works really well. Now, some of the cons for a literature circle is when literature circles are running well, they're fantastic. However, to get a large group of students to run literature circles really well isn't always an easy task. And sometimes it's difficult for the teacher to maintain the time on task and accountable talk that students are having, that you want them to really be using these roles and making these roles an important part of the conversation and the conversation gets going. For some junior students, this is difficult because they might not developmentally be there. While some of these roles and some of these conversations may be a bit easier for older students, Sometimes for some groups of junior students, these can be a bit complex and therefore some of the roles and activities that students go through the motions to complete are a bit contrived and sometimes the conversation really isn't as valuable as it's intended to be. And in order to implement a really invested group of students that are digging in and embracing these specific roles within their group and then actively contributing in a meaningful way their thoughts, ideas, and the things that they were focusing on, this is a challenge for a lot of teachers because it's difficult to do when you're working with such young students that aren't really well-versed in these types of conversations. Now, if you happen to have a group that is really verbal 
and have very high verbal skills and really want to just talk and share a lot about all of the things they're reading and this is just their natural tendency, then a literature circle is probably your best bet because it gets them talking with a purpose. One of my biggest concerns with doing a literature circle, especially in the junior grades, is the limited amount of choice for students and the wide range of abilities in your class. And often this requires you to have students that are reading really complex texts and really simplified texts, which makes it so that it's really difficult to balance what the students who are doing with the complex texts are able to do versus what you might have students who are reading, say, at a grade two level, their texts aren't as rich and complex, and some of these rules don't necessarily lend themselves very well to those kind of books. There's also a wide range of abilities and complexities in texts that are ranging from a DRA level 20 to a DRA level 60. Those are completely different texts. And if you are working with that range, they also have a very broad range of page numbers as well. Often, those that are a 60 or a 70 level text will have quite a number, 300, 400 pages per text, whereas a level 20 or 24, or even a level 30 text might only have 50 pages, maybe to 100 pages. So if you are trying to get your students to work through these pages, it's going to be a bit different because there will be a lot that some students have to read, not a lot for other students. I also find it much more difficult to hide my struggling students in plain sight when doing literature circles. For me, this is something that I always strive to make sure that my lowest struggling students can hide their gaps in their learning in plain sight so that it doesn't appear to their peers that they are quite as behind as they may be. So while most grade five students will easily recognize where one student might not be doing the same work as they are, I don't want it to be so blatantly obvious that a student that is reading a book that is this thick versus a student that is reading a book this thick. Often what I find is my struggling students will push themselves to fake it and read and want to read the bigger text and the heavier text just so they can look like they're fitting in and being normal. And I don't know about you, but for me, one of the cons for literature circles is the amount of prep. And once you get going, the prep might not be there, but it's the front-loaded prep for me. And the front-loaded prep meaning that I need to be well-versed and have read the books that my students are going through. I need to have activities along the way, or I need to, I need to know where they should be stopping. I need to know what kind of questions they should ask in order to be able to evaluate it. So I need to have, I need to do a lot of work before in order to run effective literacy circles in the class. Now, that doesn't mean that there's less prep while you're doing it. Now, on the flip side of that, once you've done all that front-loaded prep, there is a little bit of an easing up on the prep as you're going. So as you're working away through it, there's less prep because the role sheets are the same, they're reading, they're kind of doing the same thing. So you don't have as much prep in the moment, but you're going to have a ton of prep front-loaded because you'll need to read all of your group's books, 
You'll need to know kind of where the stopping points are, what the questions are, and you'll need to kind of go through each one of the chapter books with that in mind before assigning them to your students. So you really have to look at what is your preference when you are planning activities for your students. Are you a plan as you go and you know kind of the big picture, but you want to do the prep all along the way? Or do you want to get all the prep done ahead of time and then just let it run? And that will kind of be the one of the factors that will help you to determine which system is going to work better for you, whether it will be literature circles or literature centers. Now, let's talk about literature centers. So literature centers aren't necessarily where you're going to split your students up into groups and have them read a selection of texts. In literature centers, you're going to have standard activities, standard categories of activities each and every week, and your students will complete two or more. Typically, for me, it's always they'll complete two activities a day, often cycling back through, so they'll go back through those centers multiple times a week. So they might do reading and word work day one, they might do reading and writing day two, then they might do writing and word work day three, and so on. But there's about four centers, and in a five-day cycle, they will go through those centers each two or three times. Now, the pro to literature centers is that it's easier to differentiate. When you go from the broad to the narrow, you have open-ended activities in your centers section where you will have activities that have multiple entry points so that your students can work on those activities. Using things like choice boards and allowing students a lot of choice that can they can complete the activity but have different material. So think of it like you have all of those same roles but you've put them into a choice board and they will select the choice board based on their individually selected material. So it works for lots of things. So if you've ever seen resources where it's 30 questions for any type of book, it's something similar to that where you would have activities and any of the material that they are using at their level will fit into those activities. Which means that in a literature center, your students are going to have a lot of autonomy and choice which if there is choice, it's easily differentiated. Because when there's choice, it means there's multiple options. When there's multiple options, it means more students have access to that activity. And it means that you can meet the needs of more students without necessarily planning different activities for each one of them. I also find because there is choice and voice in the literature centers that I plan, that there is a authenticity that you don't get with literature circles. Students see the purpose as to what they're doing because they've picked it. It's their choice. They've chosen the text. They have chosen how they're going to demonstrate their understanding. And they don't necessarily have the pressure that might be on literature circles to be vulnerable with their classmates and share their ideas with others. They can simply just share their ideas with you and the times that you're getting them to share their ideas with others will be under teacher direction and control. 
I also find in a literature center, there is far less prep work at the front end. So you have to design the framework for your centers, and then each week you simply plug the different activities into each framework. So if I have a choice board for writing, then I simply change up the choice board every week or every couple of weeks, change if I have reading response center, I change up the types of reading responses every week or every couple of weeks. If I have grammar, I add a new grammar activity for each and every week. And then I have a spelling center where I add the spelling activities each and every week or use a choice board depending on what I'm looking at doing. So I'm prepping as I go, but because I'm prepping in a framework, it becomes so familiar and routine for me to prep that I can often get it done pretty quickly. And I can do a little bit each week instead of doing it all at the beginning and then letting it ride. Now with both centers, you still get the same amount of data collection. You're still meeting all of the curriculum expectations. You're still collecting a lot of formative and summative assessment, which means that you know your students are learning. However, some of the cons with a literature center is that it can at times feel repetitive. Now for some of the times this can be a negative, but other times this can be a positive. When you have repetition, when students can repeat the tasks they're doing, they can often gain mastery a little bit quicker because they understand the process. So you don't have to keep teaching them the process each and every time because the process remains the same, the activity is different. So students understand what they need to do, they don't have to spend that lead up time figuring out what they're supposed to do. They just know it. They just apply a new concept, a new writing, a new piece of reading to their same routine that they do every week. Now, for some students, that can be repetitive and they can get bored of those. For other students, they find comfort in that routine. They know what they need to do. It's predictable. It's comforting. And they're able to show some success after a after a couple of tries because they know what's expected, they know how to do it. Now I will say with literature centers, there is less talk because you are not simply manufacturing a conversation about something that is happening. You are not setting them off to have those conversations and kind of pre-planning and structuring how that conversation is gonna go. The talk can come into place other times. Now another con for literature centers is that literature circles often uses novels. And if your goal is to get your students to be reading more novels, that can happen in literature centers, but it often is more based on shorter texts that they happen to be reading. Now again, I will still allow my students to read novels and use a novel, an individually selected novel, to complete these same activities. And they can still share their ideas about their novel with other people if that's what I needed to do. But most of the time in my literature centers, I want to use smaller articles because I value the exposure to a lot of different reading material. I want to make sure for my students that I'm exposing them to lots of different reading materials along the way, that they look at different perspectives, different topics, different concepts, that they see things from different viewpoints. I want to be able to have them read stories about social issues, about growth mindset, about people overcoming 
different barriers. I want to make sure that the things that they're reading are real and relevant and topical with what's happening in the world around them. And I can get more types of texts in front of them when I am not necessarily using novels as their independently selected material that I'm using for assessment. That doesn't mean that I'm not having novels in my classroom. I definitely do. I just don't use it as the primary tool of data collection for assessment. For that, I'm using shorter texts. So I guess it's pretty obvious where I sit on this debate. Am I literature circle or my literature center? Well, at the beginning of my career, I was definitely literature circle. But as I've gone through and I've taught more students that show a wider variety of needs in my room, after I've had my own kids and I don't have time to do big, huge chunks of prep work in order to let it run, then I need to do a little bit along the way. I need to be the tortoise, not the hare, in the prep and planning race. I have gone and opted for literature centers. And you'll find that I use literature centers in all three of my Ignited Literacy programs. And then we do do a book project at the end of the program in the month of May. There is a culminating book project where students will do different types of novel activities or different types of activities for a novel that they've personally selected. So there's still a focus on reading novels, but when I'm collecting data on how students are reading, I want to make sure that they're exposed to a wider variety of viewpoints and texts and text types and forms throughout the year that I can use as my data collection resources. So for that reason, I am definitely team literature centers. So I ask you, what team are you on? Are you team literature circles or team literature centers? At the end of the day, there's no right or wrong way. At the end of the day, both methods are totally valid. It really comes down to who are you as a teacher? What do you value for your students? What do you value for yourself as a teacher? What's important to you? How do you think about teaching reading and writing? There are many ways that you can be a successful literacy teacher. And whether you choose to use literature circles in your classroom or literacy centers, your students will still be able to demonstrate their understanding of what they read in both methods. So thank you so much for joining me. And if you want to learn more about my literacy program, you can go to www.ignitedliteracy.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will be back here at nine o'clock on the Madly Learning Facebook page for another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Bye for now. Oh, one more thing before you go. Next Monday is November 30th. It's also Cyber Monday. So you know what that means. It means that TPT is having another site-wide sale. And that means that you can get everything in the Madly Learning TPT store for 25% off. That includes all three levels of Ignited Literacy. So if you have been sitting on the fence or you are not sure whether or not you are ready to jump in with both feet at having a planned and ready for you literature centers based literacy program in your classroom, then I want you to go to www.ignitedliteracy.com, check out what you're missing out. And then on November 30th, 
you can go ahead and click buy and get 25% off all three of those full year bundles. Now everything else, including my science, social studies, digital and in-class units are also all available on the Madly Learning Teachers Pay Teachers store. So head on over to TPT right now and add all of the things to your wish list so that you are ready to click buy on the 30th. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry Live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry Live.